to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Good evening, listener, and welcome to this episode 135 of The Big Red Couch. Here in the land of fog and icicles, I'm Craig, and on the other side of the world where warmth, humidity, and presumably at some point during the recording, light aircraft will exist. It's been. Yep, we got all of those things. It was a a nice morning shower, so it's probably going to get really muggy in a second. Now that's what you get for living in a tropical wonderland like New Zealand. Well, it's only moving towards tropical. Apparently there's like a 2,000 kilometer blob of ocean which is simmering gently off the coast, which is... uh, a little bit alarming. I saw some stuff on that. It does sound as if tropical is moving towards you. Yes, yes. That, that is how it works. Okay. Well, these days. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> do, do they know why the various members of the Pelagic Empire have chosen to warm up that specific spot of ocean? Or is it still a mystery for the diplomats? Hot tub party? Really big hot tub party. <laughs> I'm hoping. Nice. Other signs <laughs> is basically... War against the surface people, so... <coughs> so basically they're going to lower some microphones and really hope to be hearing Calypso music rather than the inexplicable tromp of metal-clad uh, feet. Yes, because that would be very confusing. They would just be doing that to troll us. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. See, now I'm just imagining, like, fish with metal boots uh, on the end of sticks, just sort of tromping them up and down with big grins on their faces. Holding them in their slightly anthropomized flippers. Yes. That that would, uh, that's actually a kind of appropriate image for our, um, our topic today. (laughs) Well. Wow, that works really well. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So the trouble with the topic today is that it's an image prompt. And so rather than trying to describe the image, which would take a while. I I can describe it pretty concisely if, if you would give me, uh, let to do so. Play on. The picture is called Camp by Faraz Shanyar. Thank you. And it is a dark and mostly backlit picture of a militarized, one would say a containment camp of some sort with huddled figures in orange jumpsuits in the murky background in front of barbed wire and APCs and so forth. And three figures dressed in full tactical military guard with the assortment of light machine guns and assault rifles and so forth, each with the head of Mickey Mouse, Goofy and Donald Duck, all looking vaguely glassy-eyed and sinister. So the uh, the title has two meanings. Mm. And, yeah. Yes, this has also been referred to as Things Are Going Down at Disney Town by the person who submitted it, who I believe was Kedemona. Indeed, indeed. And yes... That gives us something to work on. (laughs) It really does. I have an idea for this. Unusually for me, I only have the one idea for this, though it could be played two different ways. Fair enough. This is the doldrums. If anyone is from the future is listening to this, we are currently between Christmas and New Year's. There isn't a lot going on. We will try and entertain you if it is close to the the time itself. But otherwise... uh, Good health to everyone in, in this festive season, and we will we will see you on the other side. Yes, it, it is the weird time. Is it Christmas? Is it New Year? Does time really exist? Is 10am too early to start drinking champagne? Who can tell? <laughs> you can only experiment and find out. Indeed. Is a pint of mulled cider too much for 10am? <sighs> we won't attempt to answer these hopefully ask these questions during the course of the recording, but good luck to all the brave souls who do. Mm. So, what ideas did this um, slightly terrifying image prompt? Well, shall I just launch in then? Um, Yeah. Okay, this this one starts with a bit of a story, because we've got to fill time. I mean, shit. Um, We don't. We're we're not beholden to any algorithms here, aside from the the fickle whims of our listeners. Not sure we can even keep track of those, so we could make these episodes as long or as short as we feel like. Well, feel like editing, just just to make a point. (laughs) Because, despite what listening to the last episode might have given you to believe, we do actually edit. It's just the last episode's editor was me, and I'm really, really bad at it. Yeah. 
You, you, you only work with what you've got, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could blame the, the, the tools at hand or the materials, or I could just say, yeah, my hearing's a bit shit. It, it could go either way. So, here's what we start with. That when they were first introduced, the AI-controlled anthropomorphic robot hosts were basically done as a cost-saving measure at the theme park. That you no longer needed to employ actual people who got sick or needed toilet breaks or tried to form unions. Uh, you instead had these these characters who could roam around, they could do their thing, the overriding entertainment system could make sure that they were never two of the same character in the same place to keep up the illusion. Over time, however, they became an integral part of the park because as the systems learned and developed, they kind of went from being these entertainment entertainment bots to keep people from getting incredibly bored while waiting for a ride. And yeah, because you had these entertainment bots that never got tired or short-tempered, they'd never yell at a patron, they'd never hurt a patron or allow a patron to come to harm. And nice. As the thank you, and as the system learned and got more integrated, would always recognize the patrons, be able to mm. call them by name. No matter which park in the chain they went to, they'd always recognize them by name and know when their birthday was. Exactly. And other other helpful and and endearing things. Be able to recognize the people who were there on a fast pass or some sort of make a wish kind of deal. And then as the system evolved and they learned to become more real and time moved on, they're not just recognizing the children, they're also recognizing the children's parents from when the parents were children. And so Mm. you can have scenes of a park host and the parents reminiscing about the parents' time at this park way back when while watching the kids play. They learned to improvise and so... You could have the ridiculous scene of a baguette fight between Gaston and Wreck-It Ralph in the middle of a cafeteria just because it seemed like the sort of thing that would amuse people. Basically, they became part of the magic of the place. And then everything went to hell. The world fell apart. The human workers basically fled to whatever shelter they could find. And the hosts and the park entertainment system had absolutely no idea what to do. So with that setup, basically I can see a couple of games that come out of this, because what I'm imagining is that you've got effectively one of the Magic Kingdoms or Disney World, or there's there's lots of different names. You've got your standard post-apocalyptic urban wasteland, and then there's this area, either where nobody, not even the biggest, scariest slaver gangs go, or maybe there's this area that's starting to expand where... They're losing territory and people, and they don't really know why. And it's because, effectively, the entertainment system and the hosts have decided, well, we're bored, essentially. We we need people to entertain. That's our job. So we'd better go out there, sort of extend the reach, and try to find some people to entertain. And then they discover that entertainment really isn't what these people need. What they need is a little bit of leg-breaking. Well, and a point of specificity, the the staff at Disney Disneyland, Disney World, etc., are called cast members. So they huh. you're referring to as hosts, which feels very Westworld. I know. It really does, but quite appropriate, and probably in in a in a subsequent series, if they get also get bought by Disney, like everything else, his eyes swivel maniacally in his head. I just love the fact that uh, Ripley is now a Disney princess. Indeed. <laughs> I want to see that musical so badly. <laughs> and yes, and the, the visitors are known as guests. Okay. And there's a lot of arcane rules, apparently, because it's a big and very, very precisely run operation. But yes, the idea that the autonomous cast members have like the priority, entertain guests, is like people have stopped turning up because, you know, most of the systems that allow that allowed them to travel to the place and so and so forth or consider it to be a priority have vanished. So next step on priority, obtain more guests. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I, I I can see a couple of different games that could be played here. There is either the 
playing the hosts slash cast members. Sort of going going out into this horrifying wasteland to basically see what the hell's going on. I mean, that would be a good one for you don't actually bother telling them that there has been this horrifying post-apocalyptic um, situation out there and just let them run into it and decide what the hell they want to do. Hmm. Or you flip it around and have the game of desperate people trying, effectively trying to get away from the Lord Humongous, uh, Immortan Joe, any Mad Max villain ever, and deciding, well, we've got nowhere else to run, let's run into that area that even the slaver gangs seem to be avoiding because maybe what's in there still isn't as bad as those guys. And then they run into, well, basically the camp in the image. Yes. And even if it just does a general inspiration, deserted or even like partially, (laughs) even slightly under-maintained, Amusement parks are like the scariest places in the universe. Oh, good well, they're lord! They're up yes. there. They're up there with like hosp- abandoned hospitals and mental asylums. It's like, yeah, they are. They are quite. I mean, um, I watch a lot of Defunct Land, which is which has got a great history. That I name checked them when we talked about Jim Henson and so forth. But um, they've got a good, great history on on various things. You see things like there was there was at one point a, a Mister Blobby uh, amusement park which is now just covered in leaf litter and graffiti and and crap Oof. somewhere in england yeah and it, that was disturbing enough to start with so i did many many years ago in in new zealand there was a foot rot flats oh, yeah. amusement park which that's going to take some explaining <laughs> yes for the benefit of everybody listening to this who is not a new zealander which is almost all of you, I suspect. Under like 20, because... Indeed. Yeah. There was a very long-running newspaper comic done by a man by the name of Murray Ball called Foot Rot Flats, which was just comedic slice of life of a New Zealand farm. Classic newspaper comic, like three panels on a weekday, maybe like uh, like a double-decker thing on a weekend kind of thing. Yes, like, and it was extremely, extremely popular between like the seventies and eighties. Uh, they got a movie. There was an animated movie, which was surprisingly good. One of the few made in New Zealand, in fact. Mm. Yeah, well, certainly prior to this century. And there was, for a little while, a theme park, which eventually stopped being a thing. And I'm assuming the land got sold off, but I did at one point go to a paintball thing that, as near as I can tell, was happening on what had been one of the race, the little sort of race car tracks hmm. of that setup. Because it was in about the right place, and I can't figure out why on earth they had overgrown ramps, chicanes, and an underpass. Yeah. So it didn't have any of the um, licensed properties leering no. out of the undergrowth at you, but... Uh. No, that, that would have been immensely creepy, and I'm assuming they would have been covered with paint, either by people taking pot shots or by people screaming and opening fire. <laughs> Could have gone either way. Uh, it's also probably worth mentioning the existence of the, the recent, fairly recent movie Wonder Park, an animated thing which does a very nice job of the abandoned theme park vibe. Mm. So you've got a easy in on a horror scenario, especially if people have some access and understanding of what Disney World and Disneyland are. And it's the various offshoots Euro Disney. I don't know if Euro Disney's still running. I know they had horrible, horrible financial problems. There's and Disneyland there's Paris, that much I know. That, yeah, it was, that was Euro Disney oh, okay. at some point. Oh, in that I case. They had, to, they had to rebrand quite savagely after yeah. um, financial issues. Well, the, these concerns are always evolving. They're not, they, they're one of the things about amusement parks is unless they are just simply there for the rides, and even, even then, I mean, Auckland's Rainbow's Rainbow's End has not really changed very much, as far as I can tell. Um, they definitely don't offer, they don't uh, update new attractions, but they're not competing with anybody. Mm. So, if, if when when they're in competition with others, they, those places seem to release new rides and and you know update things frequently. Otherwise, but they become the 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 secondary option and immediately start to fail financially. To my understanding. Um, I mean, Disneyland Paris is still definitely a thing. If you get the right 
Eurostar train out of London, it stops at the station for Disneyland Paris. Yeah, okay. So English people can go to Disneyland Paris without having to encounter any Frenchness <laughs> or unnecessary Frenchness. Well, for, for like a like a month at this point. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming they're going to just brick the tunnel up or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to make the pilgrimage? <laughs> um, At some point, yeah, it would be quite fun too, because... I mean, I have been to Disneyland, uh, Anaheim. Okay. It was when I was a kid, so no. it's probably changed a bit now. Or if it hadn't, that would be even weirder. It certainly has. Um, I mean, the 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 folks that I follow the you know on, on YouTube, um, Defunctland, uh, Jenny Nicholson is delivers a wide-eyed, very very pure and and expressive but also horrifically scathing reviews of things to do with Disney. There's a long thing that she's done about the Avatar section of one of the, the, the theme parks. I think that's part of... No, oh, I can't remember. There's quite a, quite a lot of them, but... Okay. A- Avatar Airbender or Avatar no, no, no. Smurf? Uh, Ava- yes, still that still that Avatar. Right, okay. That is, which, which in itself is pretty remarkable. Cool. I remember it distinctly because the the theme park is like you've landed on a like a little tourist spot on what the hell was the place called? Pandora. Pandora. That's right. A little tourist spot in Pandora. So you get and you get to do all these things like see the crafts that the Navi have made. No Navi. See the see see all these these beautiful plants and creatures and so forth and animatronics. No Navi. Pictures of Navi. No Navi. What the fuck happened to all the Navi? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're supposed to be like nine foot tall, like realistically humanoid kind of things. But it's like the 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 the, the colonists arrived and just wiped them out. <laughs> it's quite sinister. <laughs> it's, it has a certain creepy vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, ooh, okay. Well, see, there's the advantage of using the the robotic, sort of artificially intelligent robotic hosts is that you can make them in whatever shape you need to. Ah, oh, yes, there's like there is one on like a like a uh, uh, one of the dark rides doing the singing, and, and so they're 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 on like race platform and they're doing a, a song thing, which is apparently very good. Oh, but it's nice. like the rest of the park is like it's just all everyone's human and smiling in a sort of forced way, and not mentioning the genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> well, it, it does. It does. That is one of the things I like about uh, Jenny's work. It's just like mm. it's it's very heartfelt, but also a little bit wry. See, that's just putting me in mind of the creepy em- empty village from the start of Spirited Away. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's mm. that's the sort of thing that that's crossed my mind. Re- and it's sort of, yes, it's, it's something weird and a little uncanny about that. But yeah, but you know, those those are good resources for you if you if you are like me. Trapped on the other side of the world by fear of well, everything. The door. And <laughs> also, the the fact that you know um, Disneyland and and so forth sound like they cost about as much as American healthcare, which they might actually be psychologically speaking. So, <laughs> <laughs> just the interesting parallel to an outsider there. It's like, I mean, people will absolutely pay for this, you know. And there's there's was it Bats Day and so forth and. The place where people, all the all the goths turn up. <laughs> it's like, well, um, D- Disney Disney fandom is is wide reaching and a and a big oh, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, it, 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 it daily more widely reaching. <laughs> that is true. So yeah, if I was yeah, drag, dragging ourselves reluctantly back to the game, um, <laughs> yeah, if I was running this one as uh, if, I was, if I was running this for sort of option B, play the hosts, then. I would, I would totally go with, okay, the guests have just stopped coming. We're all a little bit unsure as to why. The park is running on its own um, generation system, so it's fine. Yeah, you know, yaddy yaddy magic, magic fusion reactor, whatever, powered by moonbeams, possibly. Uncle um, Walt's frozen head. Indeed, yes. Yes, powered, yeah, yeah, powered by, um, the, the power generated by Walt Disney spinning in his grave, uh, which wrapped him in <laughs> copper wire or something. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, the you know, the park is doing fine. The people just stopped coming, and nobody in the system really knows why. Because presumably, along with everything else, the internet is down, so they're not even in contact with the other uh, with the other parks. Or maybe they are, 
through some sort of satellite hookup, and the other parts are just as clueless because nobody actually thought to plug the education, the entertainment system into a Google News feed. Uh, and so consequently, it, they just don't know what's going on. It might be a paradigm thing. Maybe that the that the packs are supposed to be you know the most magical place on earth, a place of childlike wonder and happiness. So they don't mention the war, or you know they they might they the host might develop far enough to say they might they might be able to console someone and say I'm sorry that that since you were last year thirty years ago your your mother passed away. I'm very sorry to hear that sort of thing. But they're not going to bring up the fact that you know international tensions are escalating mm. or really have a context for it. Yeah, they're not going to say about, I'm sorry about the, the, the genocide in your homeland. Yeah, yeah. So they don't really, it's a very sophisticated system, but its understanding is limited to entertaining and the well-being of the guests. So when the, the guests stop turning up, they know about all these people, but they don't know what's happened to them. And the instance of new people or, 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 or returning guests coming in has plummeted. And outside of the, the, the sphere of the park's awareness, it's like, okay. We're, we're we're learning machines. It looks like we're going to have to learn some new stuff mm. and find out going out there. And that may be the um, that might be the issue that you know. Yeah, you're running a you're running a group of autonomous robots, weirdly specifically themed because they're all they're all they've all been selected from the 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 cast inside the park, and they they're also very you're also intrinsically conscious that if you're going to send three amigos out into the um, to to have an adventure, there's there's certain there are certain sets. I mean, not sure if you're aware of the the, the mind shattering madness that is the Kingdom Hearts series, but that is Final Fantasy esque characters meet Disney esque characters, and they've just kept making more and more of these, and people love them. And I guess I see why, but it's also vaguely confusing. So yeah, maybe they just tooled up a set of 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 some of the some of the most high functioning cast members at this point. The more the more adventurous ones. Indeed, yeah. indeed. The ones that are the the because, you know, maybe we can find out. Because up until this point, it's been its own bubble and there's no, you know, issues with that until they stop they stop seeing they stop getting further information or new directives or the guests stop showing up. And mm. they we we have we have a purpose, but we can't fulfill it. Let us expand our parameters to find out what's going on. That's a slightly more hopeful and less ghastly version, where you know mm. the big-hearted childhood icons of of uh, go go out and save humanity, even though they might be heavily armed and terrifying when they do it. Oh, I suspect the yeah. Well, as you were sort of talking, I was just thinking that this is a fantastic setup if you've got the right game. And I can think of a few a few systems for getting people to create their Disney character at the table. Because the idea of a mixed party of, say, Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope, Captain Jack Sparrow, just because it'd be funny, venturing out into the world mm. to to try to figure out, well, effectively, where have the people gone? Cause, yeah, I was thinking it could be sort of a little like the Toy Story, which is... Also, part I'm not sure if they're part of Disney yet. It, it's very hard to tell. It may change at the drop of a hat. Mm. Meeting something like Fury Road. A little bit. I, I yeah. should also mention at this point, and I, I didn't think of it while coming up with this idea, but in hindsight, I really should have because it's incredibly obvious. Uh, there was a game run by and for the folks of the Gutter Skypes uh, by Trilobite that was. And this is going to sound this okay. The more I play this back, the more this sounds. My idea sounds like a horrendous ripoff of his idea. Was basically a robotic toy factory sending out toys to try to get a new power source because they were running low and weren't able to make any more toys, uh, even though society had collapsed. Hmm. Which and there is a there's a science fiction tale that we've name checked a couple of times that escapes mind at the moment with the. Uh... The, the, the helpful household appliances attempting to figure out what's going on past the apocalypse and. There will come soft rains? I think that's the one. It is not a happy story, by the way, people. Uh, actually, no, I think it's a slightly different one. I will, I okay. will name check it. Um, there will come soft rains as the house slowly. Succumbing to the. Succumbing to, to time and, and, and the ravages of a, of a, a nearby apocalypse. But there was another one with a particular 
with a particular little, a basically brave little toaster kind of motif. Ooh, brave little yeah. toaster. Uh, idiot. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> how can I forget the brave little toaster? Come on. Think, man. Um, <clears throat> Indeed. So, yeah, there's lots of options. You'll never get this published officially, but oh, God, what no. the hell? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah the, the, the authentic, besuited, mouse-headed lawyer bot will turn up at your door within moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With an enormous, uh, an enormous briefcase full of documents, and you might actually have preferred the assault rifle. So, yeah. I think either of these would work brilliantly for a, a let the players find out what's going on. But, yeah, the... Bots going out into the Mad Max dystopia. From a GMing point of view, I'd love to see effectively what the players decide to do, how they decide to solve the problem. If you flip it around in the other direction, I really like the idea of a bunch of of folks effectively being chased into the realm or the possibly the slightly extended realm of the Magic Kingdom and then discovering that they're not the only ones there and there are these weird shadowy figures just kind of Coming out of the woodwork, possibly literally, especially if, like, there's an alien land uh, part of things, they might literally be coming out of the walls, to quietly thin out the numbers of the people who were chasing them. Possibly in an apologetic way, because they remember when that axe-carrying maniac was just a little kid running around in the park. But you can't be doing that. (laughs) It's against park rules. Yeah, it's against park rules. You've got to protect people. And, well... They've done the maths. Um, <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, that's that's my horrific idea. Hold my beer, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting when I we we confirmed that this was going to be the next topic. I saw um, I think this was on Christmas Day. In fact, somebody issued one of probably the best tweets I've seen all year from Paul Kruger, who's at Not Like Freddy, Los Angeles, twenty fifty. You play t- twenty three Mickey bucks for a pack of smokes. You walk home, avoiding a roving gang of knife-wielding Snyder cutters. You stop to light up. The sig looks like a lightsaber. That's goofy, you think. A trademark police car pulls up in front of you. <coughs> yeah, this is in response to the Virgin announcing that Disney produced 80% of the tox bo- uh, top box office hits this year. <laughs> it's like, wow. And this has not been uncommented on the fact that uh, Disney have more money than anybody and are cheerfully vacuuming up IPs. I have to ask what a Snyder Cutter is. Zack Snyder did uh, a number of the DC movies and started working on the Justice League movie. People had mixed feelings about Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and it that kind of broke over not quite political lines, but kind of. With people, okay. some, some folks being being very big Zack Snyder fans, and you know th- th- he's put in some 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 interesting, uh, certainly iconic, very Zack Snydery kind of work over the years, but has his own kind of motifs and styles. He started working on on Justice League, and unfortunately had a family tragedy that meant he couldn't complete it. Joss Whedon picked it up, finished it off, but it was still it was a bit of a mess. I mean, possibly because, you know, the director's changed halfway through. It was a, an attempt to jump to, to catch up to the Avengers without doing the same amount of groundwork the Avengers did. And it didn't, and it didn't. I think I saw it. It was very ra- red and noisy is from what I can tell. <laughs> Superman comes back from the dead, maybe? Yes, I believe that is one of the many slightly confusing things that happens. Okay. Anywho, there are folks that believe that there is a version untouched by the state of Whedon out <laughs> there that could just needs to be released. And there's hashtags about release the Snyder cut and so forth. And I've seen many things where they say, yes, the concept of the Snyder cut exists, but it's probably un-CGI enhanced people in green screen rooms people covered with dots and stickers and blobs of um, green neoprene where they're supposed to have robotic arms, uh, animatics, things with just like pencil drawings for scenes that haven't been for uh, SFX scenes that haven't been completed yet. So for people who make films, this is probably fascinating and they would really like to see it. Some people are convinced that the, the finished product exists, which 
makes no sense. That somehow the man who couldn't finish the film because of a tragedy finished the film? By himself, and that's not how movies work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, but the... um, Roving gangs of Snyder Cutters do kind of exist on Twitter. So <laughs> stay, stay, stay safe out there, folks. Yeah. So that was, that was appropriately dark and it gave me a few, a few ideas. I mean, the notion that, you know, they have the, the, the parks have cast members and it's all very its own sort of society and so forth. And there's a, there's a whole people who are interested in Disney are very focused on being interested in Disney. I know a couple of people, you know, who like find this sort of stuff fascinating collect things from Disney Mirabilia and you know go go to the park annual, annually or semi-annually but the idea that I mean your idea that the the cast are replaced with basically sentient Westworld style robots implies that human labor is too valuable to put in, <laughs> in suits uh and risk being sexually assaulted I kid you not there are a couple of news stories from this morning about people groping Mickey Mouse thank you internet and i'm blaming the internet not for the the story but for the people because you just know that whoever did this has just got a gaggle of disney porn on their hard drive i don't have a i don't have rejoinders on that but yeah i i, so, I, I sorry okay I'm, I'm good i'll be good no, I won't. Yeah. So Let's actually, it, it, your um, future isn't as bleak as all that because Disney decided, you know, for 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 and, and technology advanced so far that they were able to to swap these people out. Those folks don't have jobs, and that's sad. But apparently, their 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 labor was more valuable than these these hyper competent complex machines. So that's not the worst thing. Unless yeah. you know, they're just a, yeah, maybe. I mean. This is assuming that 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 implies that doing service jobs and entertaining people pays well enough that it's cheaper to replace it with a or a sentient machine, which we aren't there yet. No, no. <laughs> it, 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 so, it, it does assume that you've got a very high level of a, a very high level of tech um, available, which is cheaper than training a person to do the job, or gives so, you a better result. Uh, they'll always go for cheaper. That's the thing. That is true. Okay, yeah, fair point. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. So, so where, where my idea went in a slightly darker place is if rather than, like, hiring and training people to cast members, they augment and modify or grow people to be cast members. Maybe there is a Disney town is, is a place, a ghetto for cast members who didn't quite make the grade. And you see these shabby kind of disheveled anthropomorphic cartoon characters who just look a bit wrong. And, you know, maybe, maybe they can get some, like, some days up at the park, but they're never going to be a star. And maybe one of them goes rogue. There's, there's, there's whispers of some unspeakable crimes being committed. And there's one hardened individual who's been, who works as a private eye tracking down these rogue elements inside this little cramped shanty town. Is this Blade Runner? It's absolutely Blade Runner. It's Blade Runner with Goofy. I think that would be amazing. (laughs) And shades of who framed Roger Rabbit, but all Absolutely, absolutely. You are you are picking up what I am putting down. Okay. (laughs) Don't don't forget to wash your hands. (laughs) Um I I am liking it and I am reaching for the bleach. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's the kind of, there's always, like, like you say, there's always been subversive versions. It doesn't have to be straight out porn, but sometimes it does. Um, of any drawn character. Cause if, I mean, most of the, uh, there are, there, I've seen things about, if, there are very few original artists who don't have a, a, a book somewhere or, or a folder of that work. They can never, sh- they can never be shown to anyone until they have been dead many years. So, because some artists perhaps, and that's yeah. The, <laughs> and yeah, there's that, that. There's a book of smut somewhere, <laughs> and you know, some of it is probably not of an extremely questionable nature. As I understand it, there were letters, letter correspondences between Bill Watterson, who did Kelvin and Hobbes, and some other cartoonist. I'm thinking possibly Burke Breathed, who did Bloom County, where they were sort of just 
writing letters back and forth. And yeah, apparently the the, the sketches in the margins were just, oh dear God, this must never <laughs> see the light of day. Yes. No one must know of this. Um, so both of them are still uh, alive and well, so we, we don't get to hear about that for a while. Yeah. Yep. So I'm assuming this was burned before reading material, so yeah. <laughs> Do not allow it to come in contact with ice. <laughs> yes. So the idea of a seedy underbelly of this menagerie of not quite perfect Disney characters... I mean, it is several, several levels of corporate exploitation, dystopian oppression kind of stuff, but it, it might appeal to someone. Well, it suggests that, yeah, the technology to grow slash build, and I'm going to assume grow, a thinking, living, anthropomorphic character exists and is easy enough that if something goes wrong, you don't actually care that much. Well, it, it comes from a little bit from the role-playing game Underground, where they um, there's a company that um, there's a company that creates cloned workers, and they sell cloned workers to everybody. The wrinkle is the cloned workers have a genetic disposition to eat the fast food that they've also produced. <laughs> so oh, they pay for themselves. This. That's the thing. It's a, it, economically, it is a slam dunk. Ethically, it's a firestorm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a train wreck. Okay, that 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 is a much more disturbing take on the the, the prompt. Yes, well done. Like like I said, hold my bucks fizz or whatever the hell you were drinking the other day. <laughs> hold my bucks fizz. That's probably not going to be a thing. Well, we could try and make it a thing, but that would probably be desperate and sad. But. Yeah. Also, uh, I just finished watching The Witcher, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But the idea of the mouser <laughs> comes to mind as being, about, again, like a seedy monster hunting Mickey Mouse kind of strikes me as a fun idea. Again, these are a little too singular protagonist driven thing, but the, the notion of having that as a world building kind of thing where, yeah, it's a, a little bit like, um, Oh, what was the knockoff Roger Rabbit? They had a really good soundtrack, but was not a great. Cool World. Cool World, yeah, it's Sharon Stone and Brad Pitt and so forth. In in approximately before they were famous roles, Gabriel Byrne. It's not a great film. It's interesting. It's not great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah something a bit more like that. Name checking, like things like Fritz the Cat. That was. I watched those finally. They were dated misogynistic and horrible mostly and mm. really inco really incoherent <laughs> well, thinking thinking about it yeah the 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 idea of this pool of not quite yeah not quite fit for public um public display but still a useful labor pool is a worrying thought in and of itself <laughs> that is uh standard capitalist reality at the moment but yes <laughs> but also the the idea of somebody trying to track down this for want of a better word mouse that's gone yeah the the the, the rogue mouse amongst a whole bunch of other people who look pretty much the same like they're not quite good enough to pass out in the park but they're still basically an anthropomorphic mouse yeah it also it it comes across a bit like uh, the Black Sad comics, the with the, everyone as an anthropomorphic animal, and the 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 Arctic League. Um, one of the stories had to be just a big bunch of racists. Fun that it's a, a very noir tale, so you could definitely mine that for sort of that sort of inspiration. I do not know this comic, but yeah, that does sound. Yeah. I think it's becoming a video game shortly as well, which will be an interesting thing. Huzzah! Um, <laughs> okay. The idea of this this very very specific subculture slash subspecies. I mean, may, maybe if the processes by which you can transform someone into a Disney character that might be attractive to somebody for any reason. But if your prime time, your 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 pitch perfect, your 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 very best performers, like performing arts these days anyway or you know sports actually get paid really well and you know they they maybe people are you know 
trying to get the, the, the surgery or the, the modifications to make them look the part, doing all the acting and so forth. But there are always more hopefuls than there are. So it's basically tiny version of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood or yeah. any sporting franchise mm. ever. So the possibility that, you know, somebody goes toxic. I mean, and then are the, the horrible twist, the, the brutal twist, of course, would it, it's not one of the misfits that's caused, that's doing the, the, the atrocious crimes. It's not one of the people who is, is struggling to, to, to get a foothold or make it or do, or do something other than a, like a supermarket opening or something. It's the, the top mouse. It's the one who, that's the, the guy who has been at the top of the game for the longest. He's just that weirdly sociopathic. And feels himself so very much above these, these others that, you know, he feels he can go do horrific things inside this community and then disappear because he's got all the resources and mostly separate from them. That would be a dark little tale, wouldn't it? <laughs> it really would. Yes. Not just the fact you've got like the, the spitting image of a, of Mickey Mouse wandering around doing horrible Jack of the Reproach crimes. Wow. I do like the idea of Goofy being. A hard bitten, hard boiled private eye. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Possibly, possibly with uh, Donald Duck as his kind of flies off the handle, but extremely combat capable um, <laughs> sidekick. Yep. Yeah. Or maybe sort of like a, a surly police officer or something like that. Oh, I th- from memory, Donald was a Navy man. So um, yeah, true. Yeah. Okay, mm. this 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 went to somewhere weird but interesting, which is really all we can hope for in this show. <laughs> yes, best outcome that, that could be expected. Best of all mm. possible things. Yes, yes. So, yeah, and that while it's that sounds like more of a setting or like a thing for a short story, but the idea of moving around in this world and trying to um, solve the Magic Kingdom murders. It. I'm trying to think of where you ins. Where and how you insert the players into this, and yeah. That's the difficulty, yeah, because it, noir stories, I mean, it's gotta be possible. Maybe, maybe it would be, maybe it's one, this is what I'm effectively just des- describing the, um, uh, one of the scenarios that could come out of the noir card game that Tony was working on years ago. Mm. <laughs> that would be entertaining. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could, yeah. I mean, you can, you can stretch the kind of the noir, the noir feel of things. I mean, taking taking a bit of a, a weird conversational leap sideways, like the Dresden Files as a game and as a as a setting mm. is very noir. It's yeah. it's got its roots. I mean, the books have their roots solidly in noir storylines. It, it worked quite well in that regard. Um, so you could do you could do a like a, a two or three player game. And probably still be able to capture that noir. You are hopelessly outnumbered. You are going to have to be tough and resilient and clever. And you're still going to get the shit kicked out of you a few times in the course of solving this, this crime vibe. It's just that it's goofy Donald Duck and somebody else. So yeah, it's, that's kind of my first thoughts how to, how to approach it. Just sort of lean as heavily as possible into into noir because presumably if if you've got a donald and a goofy doing the investigation then either these are people who gave up their jobs as whatever in order to try to hit the big time or they are now just the jaded and bitter remnants of the starry-eyed idiot teenagers who tried to make it into the big time Either way is kind of fun. Yes, no, that would be the interesting exploration. I think where the characters, where the characters come from, where the characters are, where they started off, and how they ended up in this weird little microcosm where people have mouse heads <laughs> and and work for and effectively have traded away the, some of their a, a big chunk of their identity to work for one company. Ooh, bootleg bootleg Disney cast member body overhauls. There's actually quite a lot of depth to that, which I find... Ugh, yeah. I, you can also get in the whole um, running away to join the Foreign Legion vibe. 
True. It would be a way to hide to hide if you're you you were you're wanted for some crime or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. If you if if whatever you've done is sufficiently bad that you just need to literally leave your identity behind forever, well, maybe they don't ask that many questions. Maybe they don't. Hmm. Yeah. If you disappear into the system, you get the overhaul. I mean, at this point, you don't really have standard hands anymore, so fingerprints don't work. Your face sure as hell isn't the same. Hmm. You may not even be the same size of person you were when you went in as when you came out. Crap knows what's happened to your DNA. Indeed, indeed. It's all a bit, it's all a bit of a concern. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually got a lot of legs to it. It's, could be a very weird little world. And I do, I do like the, the shadowy noir. It is inexplicably always raining, even though it is, it's sunny in the Magic Kingdom. So maybe mm. this little world actually exists sort of in the, the multiple sub-basement levels of the Magic Kingdom. So yeah. It's not rain as such, it's light shaft and poorly maintained drainage. That's a bit on the nose, but well, yeah. the the ambience is definitely that sort of... Yeah, admittedly that one's a bit too the crow. Um, kind of. <laughs> yes. Huh, cool. Right, no, that's, a, that's a heck of a thing. Mm. <laughs> nice one, liking it. Yeah. Three completely different terrifying ideas. Yeah, I would be shocked if no one has done this before in some way all right so no that was thank you for your assistance with that it, you you managed to make it even more horrible yay <laughs> and likewise <laughs> i mean i i am st- i i am still liking for one of my ideas for, yeah for for the people going into the the decrepit magic kingdom i do like the idea of sort of they're caught they're rounded up they they're, they're thrown in with Sort of, um, they notice that the group appears to be a little bit bigger than when it went in, and then you know, sort of the hooded figure next to them kind of looks up as Belle from Beauty and the Beast sort of puts a finger to her lips and then quietly tears a leg off one of the cactus. It is a bit terrifying. It's like, ah, okay. <laughs> yes, turns out that once you've once you've engaged the. This person is a threat to the people around them, protocols. Yeah, they're not so nice and fluffy anymore. And those little tweety birds, they pack a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, we, we don't, yes, we say, we say cheerful bluebirds, not a, autonomous attack drones. <laughs> I mean, really, it's just a matter of the setting. Indeed. Indeed. How fair. All right. So that was the grotesque and terrible things we did to the legacy of one Walt Tarpenis Disney. <laughs> that's what? A, that's a Tank Riot reference that they've done. Uh, they keep bringing up at the podcast for, that I'm a fan of. I will link that because it's ludicrous. Apparently it is the um, young Walt Graf- Graffito on the side of a barn uh, is apparently the the ultimate Disney memorabilia people are looking for. Okay. Yeah. Or a running gag from a bunch of lunatics from... The internet. Wisconsin, specifically. (laughs) Okay. So, yes, we have done terrible things to the legacy of Mr. Disney and the people's cherished memories of Disneyland, including my own, and will probably be sued in the not-too-distant future. So, um, that's a thing. Indeed. we We are doing well for the doldrums. So I guess that all that remains is to let people know what we are going, what we're going to be discussing next time for episode 136 because it was very very close on the polls. Um, the prompt is, and I bear 100% responsibility for this one. I knew there was something I was supposed to do, but I can't remember what it was. Excellent, and we will have a poll up for when this episode drops, so... Episode 136 is already decided. Uh, For episode 137, which by the time you hear this, assuming I haven't screwed everything up, there should be a poll available. We have some old favourites and some new favourites. We have Malevolent Immediacy. Power Drift. Telepathic Murder Ghosts Coming Out of the Trees. 
and flip the mythos. So, uh, as always, vote early, vote often. Mm-hmm. Try to get it right this time, England. Sorry. <laughs> why? Why are you gonna be like that, man? It was it, it was the Christmas New Year period. I was pretending that I was somewhere else, Christmas land, the wonderful reindeer obsessed land of Christmas land, rather than oh God, what's going to happen to my job, uh, land. Indeed, indeed. Mm. Sorry, that that was low. That I'm sure we will um, do something. I'm sure we'll do something worse. Give us time. Yeah, oh no, I'm sure that New Zealand will do something equally brainless. We're currently uh, dealing with a hashtag where grumpy old men are turning around Jacinta Ardern's biography because they say they want a, f- a prime minister, not a fashion model, and seem to have such a short memory of John Keeby on the cover of everything, including that very special photo of him enjoying a hot dog on a stick. At, I don't think it was at a Pride event, but it certainly could have been. Yeah. Admittedly, if I was a politician at this point, I would just refuse to eat anywhere where there were cameras. Because it's just too easy to take a photo of somebody doing something daft with a sandwich, a hot dog, pizza, anything. If you take enough footage of somebody, their face is going to end up in an odd position. And that will be used as a screen cap or thumbnail on a particularly mindless tweet or uh, YouTube thing. It is, it's inevitable. That is true. That's just how faces work. You might as well own it. You might, might as well. I mean, I guess that's what, what, um, Jonky was doing. He was just, he was going to town on that thing. He was owning his hot dog. <laughs> he really was. <laughs> and on that note, Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the terrible things we did with this prompt. Uh, if you can come up with something that is, how do I put this delicately, not utterly horrifying and contributing to the moral destruction of the nation, um, please, please let us know. Yeah, we'd just like an example, because apparently we're really bad at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. beginning to think we are terrible role models for the, the children of uh, tomorrow and that really the cybernetically enhanced or entirely artificial uh, Disney bots are really the way forward. Well, we're not giving the world much options, to be honest. So, yeah. It's us or the Disney bots. Choose and choose widely, wisely. Indeed. Indeed. Well, goodbye, y'all. Good night. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.